0: Hello, this is the Talking Michigan Transportation podcast. I'm Jeff Cranston, Director of Communications at the Michigan Department of Transportation. This week, for the first time, we'll be featuring a guest who was on the podcast just last week. Matt Chenoweth, who is the Director of the Bureau of Bridges and Structures at MDOT will join us to talk about emergency repairs necessary to a railroad bridge on US 23 that was hit by a truck hauling oversized construction equipment toward the end of August. And only last week, and we're recording on Thursday the 16th of September, only last week did we learn that the bridge was in peril and the freeway needed to be closed for these emergency repairs. So Matt will join to to talk about that. So Matt, this is a this is unprecedented. I'm having the same guest two weeks in a row on the podcast, but we are in a bit of an unusual circumstance with the necessity to close the US 23 bridge where the railroad goes over US 23 near near Milan. Um, could you just start out by explaining how this all came to be, kind of the sequence of events?
1: Sure, Jeff, and yeah, thank you for having me. Um, so, we had a high load hit on that particular bridge uh, back August 20th timeframe. And at that time, there was some fairly significant damage done to the, to the beam, uh, one of the beams. And at that time, uh, this bridge, I guess I'll back up, the bridge is not owned or maintained by MDOT. Uh, This bridge was built in uh, 1949 timeframe to go underneath the railroad, which had been there for 50 or 60 years prior to that.
0: And, And just to explain that, when you said this is not owned by MDOT, that in itself is highly unusual because even the bridges that carry local roads over, freeways, state-owned roads. The local roads, uh, you know, lead up to the bridges, the approaches on both sides, but MDOT owns all of those bridges, right?
1: Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, typically when it's a vehicle crossing, uh, MDOT will own, you know, the the roadway over (coughs) the bridge over the the freeway. Uh, It gets much more complicated when it comes to the rail bridges because typically the theme is they were here before the roadway or before the freeway. And so MDOT is there based on an agreement with them. And part of those agreements has to do with maintenance responsibilities. So throughout the state, we have all forms of maintenance agreements with the railroads, whether MDOT's responsible or the railroad's responsible. For this particular bridge, the railroad is responsible for the superstructure, which is anything above the abutments. However, because a vehicle traveling on US 23 struck the bridge, MDOT is responsible for the repairs. So typically what ends up happening is uh, we notify the railroad right, right away. The railroad uh, engineers and, and staff, they were out on site. They decided to remove a portion of the damaged bottom flange because by this time it was you know, hanging into traffic. And in doing so, they removed a significant portion, about 28 inches so we were moving through our normal uh, MDOT emergency repair process when we were notified by the railroad that they had concerns about the capacity the residual capacity of the bridge and that they were going to reduce train speeds going across it and at that time uh, since MDOT you know got official warning of a concern of capacity uh, we immediately decided to close U.S. 23 and perform further investigation we did not want to chance anything uh, once we were on notice that there was an issue, we closed 23. Later that evening, this is this so this all happened last Friday. Uh, that would have been September 10th. We received calculations from the railroad, uh, which showed basically some some capacity issues that MDOT would never find acceptable. So that further validated our decision to close the roadway below. Uh, there was never. Uh, never an attempt by MDOT uh, to say that you know the railroad cannot run trains across the bridge because we have no authority it's not our jurisdiction and so this whole thing was predicated on the fact that we received information from the railroad about their concern with capacity we immediately closed the roadway below we needed state police we needed MDOT crews from all over to come in and help uh, we understand, and we know that it was very chaotic in trying to close a major freeway. Uh, and then we are following up with emergency projects both to maintain traffic through the trunkline detour routes. and uh, we're going to be taking bids today uh, Thursday the sixteenth uh, for the emergency repairs to the beam itself.
0: What's your best hope that could come out of uh, the the bids and the contract when when it's awarded for these emergency repairs?
1: Uh, in terms of time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my best hope right now is that we will be able to reopen U.S. 23 uh, maybe by the end of next week or next weekend. So, we're still seven plus days out.
0: Seven plus days as of September 16th. So, going back to that first point in that history and, you know, railroads uh, in this country, you know, have historic uh, roles, obviously, in the movement of commerce and predate roads and freeways and trucks and you know all the things that uh, that most of us use to get around. Um, I think a lot of people are just confused about that and think well you know it goes over your road and your state government why can't you tell the railroad to stop?
1: Yeah and and I often wonder why uh, we don't have that authority either but the fact remains that we do not. There are state uh, and federal statutes uh, that give the railroad Operators that autonomy um, and the state transportation agency has to work uh, with them in terms of all of these agreements that we have in place, but there there is no time where uh, a state transportation agency can force a railroad to adjust their operations it just uh, it it does not happen the railroads do work with us when we have construction projects to time their 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 traffic or we restrict our construction operations to go you know to accommodate their traffic and in this situation here this emergency situation again even though the railroad uh, has made the decision to continue running traffic across the bridge they have been excellent to work with relative to Uh, accelerating and expediting their processes for contractor rights of entry and the notices and and approval of the repair plans that MDOT uh, developed. So um, they're very
0: good to work with. The access that workers are going to need to repair the bridge, basically.
1: Correct, yeah, because again, this is an MDOT contract to repair a bridge that is owned and operated by the railroad. So they have authority to approve or deny anything.
0: Stay with us. We'll have more on the other side of this important message.
1: Did you know that most work zone crashes are caused by inattentive motorists? It only takes a split second of distraction to dramatically change lives forever. The Michigan Department of Transportation reminds you to slow down, follow all signs, and pay attention when driving through work zones because all employees deserve a safe place to work. Work zone safety, we're all in this together.
0: So, anybody that lives in that area or has traveled between you know Toledo and Ann Arbor, knows that bridge. And you said it was built in forty nine, and we know that U.S. twenty three uh, is a freeway was was not there then. So when the freeway, when the when the road was expanded to four lanes and and you know made into a freeway, it somewhat had to be retrofitted to fit under that bridge. Um, I think you told me that bridge is about one hundred and ten feet wide. How would that bridge be built today?
1: Yeah, so the, the, for those familiar with that section of US-23, they'll note that the shoulders become very narrow through there. It's almost a tunnel effect as you go underneath that bridge. So to fully accommodate you know, the footprint of, of US-23, and I don't know what the total right-of-way width uh, is for US-23 north or south of that bridge, but a modern bridge over US-23 would more than likely be some sort of two-span bridge with a median pier between northbound and southbound. Uh, That's a very long single span bridge and that's part of the reason that uh, MDOT closed the roadway. It's one span over both bounds um, and this is a bridge that we call a non-redundant bridge, meaning there are only two main beams and it does not have the capacity to distribute load if one of those beams is compromised. So just a belt, no suspenders? That's
0: correct. And when you talk about it would be built now uh, differently, what you're saying is you would put a, a bridge pier or an abutment in the median and and really kind of distribute that weight differently?
1: Yes. So we would most likely have a two-span bridge or a multi-span bridge, and then there would be multiple, multiple main beams. Uh, the bridge that's there now, again, it's two main beams with cross beams in between them. We call them transverse floor beams. Uh, we would most likely a, a modern redundant bridge has uh, several beam lines and there's redundancy with the you know with the deck plate uh, that the that the rail would sit on and all of that. So a modern bridge would not look uh, like the bridge that was that is there today.
0: So before we wrap up, let's touch on what got us here in the first place, and that was yet another high load kit, You know, a, a truck hauling equipment uh, not. To not cognizant of the clearances, and we've had numbers of these the last few years across the country and many in Michigan. Bridges have really suffered because of it. Um, we even went so far as to uh, rebuild one that probably didn't need to be rebuilt right away just, just to make it higher because there were so many on 131 south of Grand Rapids. Um, do you have any personal theory on why there have been so many of these? I know some of the discussion is about the shortage of truck drivers and, and training and the need for qualified drivers. Is there anything else going on, do you think?
1: So, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, Jeff. I think that the trucking industry, just like all industries right now, is suffering from experienced uh, folks leaving the workforce. Right. And then we're, we're, we're struggling to keep up with, uh, you know, to, to backfill that. I also think another uh, major issue is just not knowing, you know, what the laws are and the fact that, you know, in Michigan, if you have a truck that's got a load that is over 13 feet 6 inches, it requires a permit. That is in that's in Michigan statute, um, and we run it through our permitting system, which plans a route knowing that you've got bridges over a certain height. So, it's just it's all around just experience of the workforce and not knowing this. And and I hate to speculate, but sometimes you just have somebody who says, "I'm just going to." I'm just going to do it now. This particular operator was hauling a major piece of construction equipment, so I would assume uh, through their processes and insurance requirements, they would understand what's required. But uh, they hit the bridge anyway. And people make mistakes. And people make mistakes. That's very true.
0: Yeah. So the you know our attorney general's office and insurance companies will be sorting that out and ultimately figuring out you know how much the insurance company pays for this. But um, in in the short term. Uh, you and your folks are working with the railroad and doing everything you can to get the freeway reopened. So we'll just hope for the best.
1: Yeah, and and we fully understand and appreciate what this has done relative to taking a freeway and uh, detouring it and folks using the local system. Uh, We understand that frustration and that's why we're working. We worked through the weekend to get some of these contracts out. We've been working nonstop to get the repairs, you know, contracted out. Uh, so we're moving very quickly to get it resolved.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that we're very, very cognizant of the major inconvenience both for commuters, people who live in that area, certainly even you know for commerce and for trucks that go back and forth on that stretch of road to points much farther south or north. Um, we we know it's inconvenience for everybody. So, well, thanks, Matt. This is this is helpful. Good luck going forward.
1: Great. Thanks for having me, Jeff.
0: Thank you again for listening to this week's edition of the Talking Michigan Transportation podcast. I would like to thank Randy Devler and Corey Petey for engineering this week's podcast. To subscribe to show notes and more, go to Apple Podcasts and search for Talking Michigan Transportation.